0: Well, hi, thanks for joining us. Uh, This is Kirk with Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Um, Always a joy. As you see, uh, we are starting this new season, as we did last week with Austin Triplett, pastor in El Paso, Texas. And this week, we're joined with Zach Surface. Now, one of the things that uh, I like to talk to is not just pastors, but also those who work full-time in the ministry are they are called workers as we, some denominations call them. And, and Zach's been doing ministry for a long time and, and, uh, so don't let his good young looks fool you. He's been doing it for a while. Uh, and so he's in a support role, but also in a lead role over certain ministries. And so I'm going to kind of let him talk about that in a minute. But I just want to encourage you to please, if you find this beneficial, please like, subscribe and share, as I think, of course, that it's beneficial for many church workers and pastors to have their positive mental health checked and built up. And so, uh, but it's good to interview people and to hear stories from them. And so Zach is someone I respect and appreciate his work in the ministry. And he's had different contexts, uh, kind of started with a church launch, and now he's starting another church launch that he's involved in. And so we'll probably talk about that a little bit. But Zach, before we talk about where you're currently at, what I'd like to to hear from you is kind of what led you to the ministry.
1: Yeah, when I was uh, in middle school, I started playing guitar and singing and kind of learned that I had a knack for it and I was I grew up in the church and so I knew that for that time at that time for me it was a duty that I had to give that gift back to the Lord I, I do it out of my joy now that I'm which I'm grateful for um, but the onus to be in ministry started when I Started playing guitar and I started playing in the youth band. And the calling on my life to be a worship pastor, I think, started around that time when I started getting into music.
0: Awesome. Great. So it's great because God gave you a gifting and an, and what we would call natural ability, although we do see that a lot of those abilities are, are supernaturally gifted um, by the Lord, and it's our job as stewards, right, to to use that for His glory, and, and uh, He's given you that venue and that opportunity. Um, so what is your uh, current role in your church? First of all, it's the name of the church, and what's the current role?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, the church is called Vintage Grace. It's in the Sacramento area in El Dorado Hills. Um, and I have been at the church since they planted. That was, we're coming up on 10 years now. Um, and I've been on staff for five, a little over five. And I started as a resident. We have a residency program. I was a worship resident, and so I was trained under a couple different worship pastors. A couple years ago, I got the role of worship and tech director, and so I started being uh, behind the mic more often than I was in front of the mic. I was leading the tech team and um, executing services, upgrades, that kind of thing, and uh, I have felt now for a little over a year that i the calling to be a worship pastor and to lead a congregation um and so that opportunity was awarded to me when we started planting in placerville so Placerville and el dorado hills are about 30 minutes away and we had a lot of people coming from placerville to el dorado hills um, to go to vintage grace and so we got a church planning resident on staff a couple years ago, and then we, as of October 8th, we launched Sunday gatherings in Placerville um, that have been the culmination of life groups is what we call them, just small groups that were growing and multiplying up in the Placerville area, and um, we finally got around to... Sunday gathering we felt like we had enough momentum and that the leadership was ready and so I've been doing that for the last couple months being back in front of the mic again and leading music and worship and hopefully encouraging a lifestyle of worship for our people
0: but you're still doing that all the technical stuff behind the scenes too so you just got a more job well, responsibility
1: it's a church plant so it <laughs> kind of comes with the <laughs> yeah, territory
0: right right <laughs> so you kind of hit on something that as uh, the next question to kind of tell me about your church so you have this this church where it's drawing people from 30 minutes away, and I think um, you would even say um, in that El Dorado Hills area, maybe some 45 minutes away for some of them, up to an hour, and and, and yet that that could be satisfactory to some pastors. They say, awesome. Look at all the people that are coming. The church has grown exponentially over the past 10 years. We built a new building. All these things, um, but that wasn't uh, really the the heart of the leadership or the the mission um, for Vintage Grace. So why, uh, so tell me about why that's important for your church to plant where you're at specifically. And I know there's some other church plants that are going on.
1: Yeah, um, we at Vintage Grace have always our desire has always been to be, be a church that plants churches. And so, um, we don't believe in building our own empire. We believe in trying to build the kingdom. And so, uh, one of our, one of the pieces of our mission and vision is that we want to build joy-filled communities of faith, and that's plural. So we had a really solid community of faith in El Dorado Hills. We were up to three services. Like you said, we had a new building. God's really been doing some amazing stuff there. Um, but we're not interested in, putting butts in seats in that building or going to more services. We're more interested in people being able to live on mission in their community. And so we've seen a ton of movement since planting. People in Placerville are a certain type of way, and they will definitely drive five minutes to go to church if you invite them. 35 minutes is a whole different story. And so it's been really cool to see a lot of our core members or that are becoming more core members of Vintage Grace Placerville uh, never even went to El Dorado Hills. Um, there are, there's a lot of cool movement happening with our people and they feel like they have a little bit more freedom to invite people. And um, there are some other churches in the area that have gone through some stuff lately. And so we have been pouring into relationships there, kind of being uh, a safe space for healing to happen for some people. And so Yeah, the heart behind it is that building joy-filled communities of faith. We don't believe that we should be trying to hoard people. Numbers aren't important to us. Um, It's just building the kingdom. So that's happening in Placerville. It's happening in Coloma. We have uh, some potential happening up in Shasta. And we, as Placerville, Vintage Grace Placerville, we're the first uh, tier one church plant that's directly offshooting from the Minish Grace main campus in El Dorado Hills.
0: Yeah, and so I think what you mean by tier one, you actually were birthed um, from that main campus. It wasn't another church that was asking for help and you kind of came in and and became the culture that way. So I'm kind of really the heart um, is now coming to fruition after 10 years. And so you you talk about joy-filled communities. And so what's important for a joy-filled community is obviously that the staff, um, the pastoral staff and all the, the, the workers uh, they have to have that joy also. And you, you can't fake that for very long. Right. I mean, um, and so um, if that's the goal, then obviously uh, that's something that you and and the, the members of the team that you uh, participate with have to have to have also. Um, and so what do you find is uh, uh, how do you keep that that culture cultivated? What, what contributes to that?
1: Yeah. As a worship leader, um, I work with a lot of volunteers. And so I have people that are playing instruments and singing and do, running the tech side of things that are lay people that um, I want to serve out of their joy. And so I really try hard to make sure that people don't feel obligated to be there. I know that that's unfortunately a common occurrence in church is like, well, without me, it would all br- break down. And I so I do my best to Make sure that if people are in a certain stage of life where they it's harder for them to commit, or there's things come up. You know, last week we had someone, their kid was sick. And so, and I had both her and her husband playing that week. And so she needs to stay home with the kid and that I try to make sure that there's no duty and obligation involved in serving. And I think that that helps. And we do that across the board, you know, people that are making coffee or putting the donuts out, like all of that kind of serving kids, even all that stuff. We try to get away from the idea that this is your duty and this is what you need to do in order to please God. We get a lot of our philosophy from the book Desiring God by John Piper, idea of christian hedonism we should all be pursuing our joy and we know that the most joy that we will find is in jesus and that includes being a part of the body and serving
0: great um so you know it's interesting because part of positive mental health is this idea of interpersonal relationship skills and relationships to where you actually know people and you can care about them in a real way. Um, And, you know, because often in ministry, uh, pastors and church leaders can see the congregation as just tools to, as a means to an end um, and not real people, right? And so that's an important thing that that you guys foster there, and it's really important. So you kind of hinted on this, but I wonder if there's some more um, uh, ways that you can describe how you rely on members of the church.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be, the only one up there leading. I think that people have giftings of all different kinds, right? There are people that can sing much better than me. There are people that can play instruments that I can't play. And I want everyone to feel like they have a place in the body that they can fulfill the calling that God has put on their life. And so that is where serving comes in for the most part and they're outside of church serving opportunities that we get into with mission work and that kind of thing. But I want people to feel like they are living into their calling. Like I, I feel that way as a worship pastor and someone that's on staff. And I want people to feel that way, even if they're doing it in a, on a volunteer basis. And so um, we practice, we have practice during the week, the week. Um, they get their tracks and stuff, and then they come on Sunday and we are able to lead together. I try to give away songs as often as I can because I want to encourage leadership in the people that feel called to lead in that way. Um, I try to encourage, you know, even on the tech side of things, I wanna encourage creativity as much as I can because I'm working with musicians and people, audio engineers, you know, all that, we all have ideas. And as long as we're hitting that, hitting what I hope that we're hitting in that people are inspired by the awe and glory of God to worship Him, then I try to encourage creativity in that, um, and really I just want people to feel like they're living out their calling the way that I am.
0: Okay, so I mean, wh- what it sounds like to me, which is great, that you rely on on people to be part of a team, them to serve with joy and and to not to not find um, that there's not a place for them, right? You give room for them to to really. Respond to what the Holy Spirit is leading them to do. And then you encourage that. And so you rely upon them to actually do that, right? I mean, that's, and that's yeah. some of the challenge <laughs> is to rely upon them to do that. But uh, yeah. so, so tell me about a time when you have felt um, built up in ministry. Again, I'm kind of looking for if you can think of a specific moment that, hey, I was feeling this way and then this turned around. Or man, there was this one time and I just, the, the joy of the Lord was so great because of this moment. That would be great.
1: Yeah. Um... I am very blessed to be led by leaders that are pursuing the Lord and speak truth into my life very often. Um, I can think of a lot of different examples where you know things didn't go exactly the way we thought that they would. Um, and the Holy Spirit still used that. And then I was affirmed by my leadership. Um, I think of I made friends with a guy down the street that lives down the street from me and he came to our first service, and he texted me after, and he said that it was the most spirit-filled service that he had been to in a long time, and he had been attending churches around the area, and um, they were they're devoted Jesus followers, but didn't feel like they had a home, and so for him to send me that text was Hmm. incredibly affirming, so encouraging, and seeing the way that he and his family now are walking in this new community that they didn't feel like they had before has been really affirming too
0: (laughs) that's great you know it's interesting so uh, personal satisfaction is one of the components of positive mental health and 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 out of our my studies we find that that when people do things like you just said it's affirming you use that word affirming it's encouraging it gives you optimism about the future of the ministry and it also uh, affirms that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing right because often yeah. often we find that uh um, that specific feedback is so important um, because, you know, you know, especially when you plant a church and you're launching a service, it's like, okay, we're kind of treading out into unknown territory. And so to hear that is a great thing. Uh, what do you find right now to be the biggest challenge in the ministry?
1: Um, we're small. And so I have hopes and dreams for what the music will look and sound like every week. And that doesn't always happen because we're growing our pool of volunteers and And so it's um i have a really good core and so i feel good about being able to um, produce something each week that is worshipful and engaging and so it's mostly just trying to call people up i want the people that are on my team to be called higher and higher i have a couple of high schoolers that i'm trying to pour into that have said i want to play guitar and they are doing an awesome job and but it's It's fulfilling, but it's challenging too, because there are times where they, you know, we're trying to practice and we're having to hit the same thing a few times in a row. That can be a, it's a small challenge, but it's, the cost is so worth it to see people being called to that next level and feeling like they're fulfilling their calling. And so I think the challenge for us will just be getting more people on board to find joy in serving by playing an instrument or by running through pro presenter slides or mixing or doing lighting, whatever it can be. And I have a great core of people that help me with that already. I just want to keep expanding that net so that more people can find that.
0: Yeah. So that's great. I mean, what's, what's, what's nice, especially at the beginning um, is, is you're, you're dealt with the real challenges of, of how do you help the ministry to flourish? How do you help people to to get that investment? Because it's still so new, right? How do you get them that investment? Because you got to look six months down the road and whatnot. Um, and so that's a great challenge to have. Um, and also realistic expectations, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going from, from a larger church, you know, me experiencing that same thing where your you're, you're pool of people is you can think differently, right? Because there's just a lot more access to what I would say human capital. I don't like to look at it that way, but that's, but you you know, that's really what it is. And we're talking about people and their souls and their walk with Christ. Um, But the more people you have that desire that, the more you can do that. So that's a great challenge to have. And uh, so I'm excited that you get to uh, I'm excited, boy! it just gives me great joy to hear you're working with high schoolers. I, I, you know, raise up the next generation. Um, Yeah. And watching them fail, that's fun, too. But anyway, that's just yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so- healthy, healthy ribbing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so tell me how someone in your church um, has made you smile within the past two weeks. Now, um, the first week was October 8th when you got the text. So that's been longer than two weeks ago. So <laughs> sure.
1: Um well, I am a deeply insecure person. So anytime anyone compliments me on my musical ability, I get the butterflies still. So, um, I had someone just text me and say, you sound great. That kind of thing is little, but means a lot. You know, I, I work hard to prepare and to sing well and to speak eloquently in the in between times and all of that. And so just a little, the little bits of encouragement that are you know you sounded great today or i really like this part of the service or the arrangement was really unique Th- those kind of little texts um always make me smile and i got one of those this week so awesome
0: yeah yeah and i mean for the, those who are listening which is the the handful cadence um <laughs> <laughs> it you know it's one of those things where um uh, we are insecure i mean i think most people are insecure especially those of us in ministry um but if you guys ever get a chance to hear Zach, I would encourage you to. Um, very gifted, very talented. I'm not just saying that because he just said that. Um, well, but uh, it, it's uh, It's very, it's just, a. I mean, I'm a musical guy. So it's a blessing to have somebody um, that I can aspire to be like someday. And that's Zach. Oh, so please. anyways. <laughs>
1: you do have to, it, it's kind of a prerequisite of pastors that you have to be insecure, right? It seems a, to be. <laughs> a, a secure person wouldn't get up there. Seeking the attention of everyone, <laughs> a
0: secure person would find would run and do something else. No, anyway. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, So, kind of last question for you. I think you've kind of shared some of this already, but um, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap it up in the context of the question is, what is your desire for the people at your church?
1: Yeah, that's a it's a that's a deep question and one that. I don't know that I can put very succinctly, but I'll try. I think, I mentioned a little bit earlier, worship as a lifestyle. I hope as a worship pastor that I am not just the guy that is singing songs on a Sunday morning and get, like putting people in the throne room of God for 20 minutes once a week. My, my hope for our people is that they're able to take the words and the melodies that we sing on Sundays throughout their week when the diagnosis comes or when the your kid, there's something with your kid, you know, like things like that. I hope that people take whatever it is, the words, the melodies, the encouragements that we sing as a church together on Sunday that they hear their neighbor singing, I hope that, that they hear these truths, even if they're not singing, um, and that they take that to live a life of worship, that when those things happen throughout the week, they can remember, yeah, the battle does belong to God. You know, Jesus already fought that, you know, when we sing about Jesus being the king of our hearts. I want people to think of that throughout the week. And I'm always trying to think of creative ways to encourage worship as a lifestyle. I'm, we're introducing a new song for the Christmas season this week, and so we're gonna send out in our email, listen to this song. We want you to be able to sing and have process through it because when I was singing through it for the first couple of times, I couldn't, every time I was hearing something new and it was making me not be able to get through it because it's emotional. Um, the idea that Jesus came down as a human, the creator in the arms of common man is one of the lines that I really love. and. And so I want people to be able to engage with it on Sunday morning and hopefully throughout the rest of the week as soon as they get our little newsletter. So things like that. I, I hope that our people are worshiping with their lives. That's my biggest hope.
0: Well, what's great. What you mentioned was engagements. I mean, you're looking for people to engage not just on an hour and a half on Sunday mornings, but um, every single day that they actually say, hey, this this is a." This is a starting point, a launching point. We gather, right? We get encouraged, we get equipped, so that we can we can actually be the and work uh, throughout the Christian life throughout the week. Um, yeah. And again, that's the joy of every pastor. I, I don't. I care less about. I mean, I do like Sundays. Don't get me wrong, but. But, you know, people can show up on Sundays, but if it's not impacting their week, um, it's one of the things I like to say where Sunday mornings aren't transactional, they're supposed to be transformational so that we look at how do we do this. And so it's great that that's the desire, because I think that what you're saying is that that really molds and shapes how you approach ministry. Because the goal is to to have people grow in the Lord, not just getting people to come to the church. You want people to flourish in their life with the Lord so that when those trials and tribulations come, not only are they strengthened and they're helped, but they're also a witness to those around them of how great God is um, in the midst of trials and tribulations. And then just sometimes people need to go, why do you got a smile on your face? So anyway, so that's good. Well, Zach, I just want to say
1: thank you. The command is make disciples, not make attendees. Yeah, right? no, you're and right. So want people to be apprentices of Jesus, being more like him every day. And so Sunday is only a part of that.
0: Yep. No, I agree. So that's great. Well, thanks so much. Um, hey, if you if you're listening to this, please pray for Vintage Grace Placerville as they're launching out uh, um, and you know the the honeymoon's still happening, but we know that uh, that trials will come as as growth pains happen. And so um, again, I just really appreciate the work that you're doing up there, and I uh, pray that you continue to draw from the strength of the Lord and serve Him well again by His strength, not in your own. So again, if you uh, have enjoyed this, please uh, like, subscribe, and share. If anything let people know that hey zach's on this and now it'll get them to uh, to listen so <laughs> anyway <laughs> so together let's help the church flourish all right <laughs>